Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday via podcastone.com and iTunes. Often people ask me about the open music here, that uh, riffage that you just heard. That would be courtesy of my good friend Mark Slaughter, who was nice enough to make that music for me. Mark is not only the singer in Slaughter, but what a lot of people don't know about Mark is he's also quite a guitar player, as you can hear from that opening little bit. And Mark was nice enough to create that voluntarily to include on my podcast. So we always like to give him a little shout out and let people know where that open music came from. Hope you guys had a great week since I talked to you last week. And we've got another killer interview for you. As usual, with most of my interviews, they originate on my SiriusXM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and heard on SiriusXM channel 106. That channel is Volume, which is an all-music talk channel And my show airs there live Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time and replays every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast, you get a little taste of some of the many interviews that I do on a daily basis on that show. Hope you join me on the radio side as well if you are not already a listener to SiriusXM and my show on volume. Of course, there's a terrestrial radio show as well. And, of course, this podcast, and I appreciate you connecting and listening however you do it. Social media, another good way to keep in touch with everything I have going on. The one I'm most active on would be Twitter, and that's at Eddie Trunk. There is also Instagram and Facebook, at Eddie Trunk, and EddieTrunk.com is my official online home. You get the Trunk Report, which is my blog. You can email me through the site, Music News. There's merch, signed copies of either of my books, and a whole lot more on eddytrunk.com. So we have uh, another great interview coming up, and it's with Joe Satriani this week. I'll tell you more about that, and you'll hear that in just a minute or two. Quick little rundown on my schedule in the immediate future. And again, I always talk to you guys as if you are listening on the day that this first posts. As I said, the new interviews go up every Thursday, and this one debuting on September 28th. So if you're listening on or around that day, here's what the future week or so looks like for me. And that would include uh, tomorrow flying to Kentucky, Louisville to be exact. I've never been to Kentucky in my life. Looking forward to visiting. And I will be there on Saturday where I will be hosting the third episode of this new TV show that I am hosting that will be announced soon. And it is a show that it covers music festivals. I'll be there covering a festival called Louder Than Life. And um, if you're going, look for me running around with a camera crew. I'll be shooting some stuff there and should be a lot of fun. So that's happening this coming Saturday in Louisville. And then on Sunday, I fly to Los Angeles from Kentucky. And there I will spend a week in L.A. 
doing my volume show every day from the Sirius XM studios in LA. And then on Friday, October 6th, I will be hosting the annual Dio Cancer Fund event, which is a fundraiser in Ronnie James Dio's name. This one is the bowling tournament, which is so much fun. Celebrity bowlers. I have a bowling team as well. And we all get together and we bowl for Ronnie. All the money raised at this bowling event goes to the Dio Cancer Fund. So if you're in Studio City, California or Southern California, come and join us at Pins in Studio City. There is an admission But remember, that admission, every penny of it, goes to the Dio Cancer Fund, and we appreciate your support coming down, celebrating Ronnie, and joining us for some bowling for a great cause. That is on the 6th of October. Also coming up on the 22nd of October, I'll be going back to a city that I've had uh, so much love from, and that is Tulsa and Oklahoma in general. And I'll be back there again on October 22nd in Tulsa at the Ideal Ballroom, where I'll be hosting an evening with Warrant and Firehouse. And that should be a lot of fun. Great little venue there. Always a good time. So come down if you're in that area of the country and say hello. Other stuff going on, too. As a matter of fact, I'm actually, as I speak to you, clicking on my own website. (laughs) Because that's how I find out where I'm going to be, too. Which is, like I said, eddytrunk.com. And as the site loads up. I can tell you some other appearances that you should come to if you are in the area. Include Rock and Skull, which is at Diesel Dicks in Tremont, Illinois, October 28 and 29. Parfest, which is in Brookshire, Texas, featuring Don Dockin, November 11th. And this has just been announced, the second annual, not a fan of the name, you know how I feel about the whole hair metal thing, but it's called the Hair Metal Holiday. And it features Ace Freely, who certainly doesn't quite fit that bill. But regardless, uh, L.A. Guns on it as well. Lots of others. It's in Dallas on December 16th at the Bomb Factory. Honored to be back hosting that once again. And hope to see you there in Dallas on the 16th of December for what should be a great night with some great bands. More information on my site. As more appearances come in, I will certainly, certainly keep you posted on them via the social media outlets. So please come down and and say hello if you're in the area and appreciate that very much. So uh, what else do I need to tell you? A few things here before we get into the interview. Oh, my Amazon store. By now, you know, I've got my own storefront on Amazon. Really easy to find it. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. If you go there. And I certainly hope you do when you start all your Amazon shopping on that page. You will see some items handpicked by yours truly that may certainly be of interest to you and my audience. Take a look at some of my suggestions. And from there, feel free to go around to the rest of the site. Again, that's Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk for my handpicked items featured this week. I just added these amazing Bose QC35 noise-canceling headphones, which... I just got a pair of, which uh, sound great. So check those out when you get a chance. Some cool albums that I'm talking about, new releases, stuff like that. Great way to get a little direction on some cool new things that have come out that you may or may not be interested in. So just start there and then go on to the rest of your Amazon shopping. Once again, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Also, I did a, a uh, an interview, a town hall interview with the surviving members of Stone Temple Pilots. I recorded this a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles. Tomorrow, again, if you're listening on post day, tomorrow, the 29th of September, believe it or not, is the 25th anniversary of the first album from Stone Temple Pilots, Core. It's amazing to me because I still think of that as being a relatively new record. But 25 years ago tomorrow, that record was released. And Rhino Records is celebrating by putting out a special 25th anniversary edition of that album with a ton of bells and whistles. And you will hear my town hall with the members of Stone Temple Pilots talking about this. And we'll be bringing it to you, uh, if you are a SiriusXM listener, on Volume Channel 106. It'll premiere tomorrow, Friday, September 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Robert DeLeo, Dean DeLeo, Eric Kretz of STP. Do not miss the premiere of my town hall with those guys. Again, Friday, September 29th, 
7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, on Sirius XM 106 volume, and it'll replay several times, including Friday, that same night at 11 p.m. Eastern, Saturday at uh, 3 a.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Eastern, and then Sunday, the 1st of October at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's also available on demand, and after a week or two, I will likely bring that to you as a podcast here on this program. But grab it as it premieres and listen as it premieres Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Stone Temple Pilots exclusive town hall interview talking about the 25th anniversary of their debut album, Core, and a whole lot more. Also recently had the chance to spend some time on my volume show with Justin Hawkins of the band The Darkness. That was a really fun conversation. Hopefully you guys heard that. And also joining him was Rufus Taylor, who is Roger Taylor of Queen's son. And he is also now in the darkness. I'll try to get that interview out to you. Like I said, there's so much I'm doing on the radio side. This being a a one-time-a-week podcast, I can only bring you a sampling of what I'm doing there. So I hope you do uh, join me if you're not already a listener on the SiriusXM volume show. This week on the podcast, I will bring you an interview in a matter of minutes with Joe Satriani. Checked in with Joe about a week and a half ago. Uh, Joe announced a new G3 tour, which features John Petrucci and an interesting choice in Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collin in the third spot. We talk about that decision. We talk about G3. And we also talk about a new Satriani album coming soon that has Glenn Hughes and Chad Smith as its rhythm section. Joe Satriani called me while he was having work done on his home in the Bay Area, and it was great talking to him. He's always fun to chat with, and you'll hear that exclusive conversation that originated on my radio show coming up here for this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. So stand by. That is just a few minutes away, and I'm certainly sure you will enjoy that. Let's take a break right now. We'll come right back, and we'll get into it with one of the true greats in guitar history, Joe Satriani on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, I've been telling you guys about True Car for a while now. In order to feel comfortable that you're getting a fair price, you need pricing context, and that's information that empowers you to feel confident that's exactly what you get with True Car because you're going to see what other people in your local market paid for the car you want. And from there, you can connect with a local True Car certified dealer and enjoy what everybody wants a more confident car buying experience. Because using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. And then True Car will show you what others in your area paid for the car. And now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Once you register, you'll see real pricing on actual inventory. It's competitive pricing offered to you only by a True Car certified dealer for an actual vehicle on their lot. It's pricing you'll see before going to a dealership so you can feel confident when you show up. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. True Car customers, well, they're more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with True Car certified dealers. And True Car users, they save an average of over three grand off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents what had happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn, I, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's get to you right now, the Joe Satriani interview on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. A lot to talk about with Joe, and we get into it. Enjoy. Joe, how are you today? I'm really good. How are you doing? 
I'm good, man. Trying to keep my blood pressure in check. You know, I get lathered up about things in this crazy rock world, you know? Hey, you know, I'll tell you what. I just want to say I've done more for Lady Gaga than a Metallica or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly have you done for Lady Gaga, Joe Satriani? <laughs> I have no idea, but it seemed like a good thing to say. <laughs> 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 How how's things? How's yeah? You know, speaking of speaking of not getting my blood pressure lathered up, which I'm, I you know, I get crazy about stupid stuff. But every time I've ever talked to you or hung out with you or been around you, you always strike me as a very sort of like measured, you know, low key guy. Do you ever get worked up, or do I just not see it, or do you ever get like wound up? Oh, I'm sure I do. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I do. I mean, I don't know. I I, I guess uh, I've been playing music for so long. I've been working for so long with people that I, I learned early on not to spread that, you know, neurosis around when you get worked up <laughs> about something. You know, it's it's different for you because you're, you know, or let's say when you're working or when I'm on stage, yeah, that's our job is to, is to bring the energy level up to bring emotions out and to expose and inspire. But yeah, when you're working behind the scenes, you with your friends and your family. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to bring drama <laughs> to that. I keep that with the, I bring the drama to the, the chords and the melodies and the solos <laughs> and the guitar sounds, you know, that that's where it all goes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you've always seemed like a very even keeled guy. And I just wonder if there's ever times behind the scenes that we don't see that Joe Satriani is throwing his, throwing his guitar at the drummer or just going off on some crazy (laughs) rant. No, I've never done that. I think the only time I ever actually like use profanity against anybody, uh, there were, there were two, actually two, there was one, I was doing a gig in, in, uh, Germany, like in 92, two or 93 or something like that. And I don't, the only reason why I remember this is because somebody sent me a, a video clip of it. And it's amazing that, that there's a record, a video recording from so long ago, but uh, yeah, I lost it on stage because I wasn't wearing sunglasses back then. And somebody just kept taking pictures with flash bulbs, you know, Ugh. real old, old school stuff. And I could not see after a while. And I just stopped the song and I, I pointed the guy out and I said, would someone grab that guy's camera and give me a break, you know? Uh, and I think there was one other during a G3 where a, a guy uh, had done something that just ruined the show for all my guests who had, you know, I'd invited out on stage. And uh, um, so I, um, I, I kind of lost my cool there for a second and I, but I regretted it because it, it didn't help. You know, I should have pulled him aside quietly and said, Hey, don't do that again. But, so, but yeah. you know, and, you know, and you... I want to let you know that I'm calling you from a cell phone, and and uh, and there's a lot of noise going on because all my roofs are being replaced, and um, so I'm I'm hanging out here trying to find a quiet place, but you're going to well, hear sounds, like saws and drills. No, and, no, it sounds it sounds totally fine, but I, you sound okay. great. But what what what's being replaced? Um, my roofs, uh, my house has just got some really old roofs and we finally, we had a break in between finishing the album, finishing the documentary and before oh. hitting the road. And I thought now's the time to let the guys in and, and replace my roof. Um, oh, okay. um, but, uh, it's, a, it's, you know, the weather here in San Francisco is crazy. And so, uh, they, when the weather's fine, they just all show up and they start tearing everything apart. And it's a, it's a racket you just don't want. <laughs> it's actually better not to be around, you know, but here right. I am. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so far, so good. So no problem on that. All right. Let's get into it then before they do start making a racket. Uh, some news made in, in Joe Satriani land, some great stuff announced. And that, of course, is the latest G3, which uh, features John Petrucci, who is, of course, the guitar player in Dream Theater, who I know quite well, and another guy I know quite well that I thought was a really interesting choice, and that's Phil Collin of Def Leppard. So tell us how this one came together, Joe, and how you made these decisions. Well, uh, first of all, we were so happy we were going to be able to do a G3. We don't always get that opportunity. It's really hard to pull people out of their bands, you know, because everyone's booked a year or two in advance, you know. And Um, everyone's in five at the same time now. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So uh, it's great to have, uh, you know, 
John back. Uh, we've done a lot of G3s together, and they're always great. I, I love hanging around with him. He's such an amazing player. Uh, we're so different, you know, in, in how we, everything, guitar, amps, and, and our backgrounds and everything, and that just makes it so much more interesting for me and the audience to have that, you know, diversity. And then uh, with Phil, you know, I just recently got to know him personally because he joined us at a G4 experience camp uh, over the summer. And uh, what a fantastic human being and a, just a crazy guitar player. I mean, just really crazy. Uh, and great on stage, uh, jamming, just, you know, you whisper a couple of chords in his ear and he's right there. Sounds like he's rehearsed it for years, you know. Um, so he can improvise and think on his feet. And of course, when you hear him do the Def Leppard stuff, you just kind of totally stunned, <laughs> you know, because it's mm -hmm. like the real deal. Um so uh, it was just a, one of those great little twists of fate where it's like, are you actually, because I figured he was on a massive world tour because they're, you know, this year was a 30th anniversary for them as well. And, um, and I just thought it w was going to keep going, but there was this little window and he was so excited about doing it. So uh, I just thought it was a really great pairing of the three of us. Um, so yes, I'm so happy. We, we've got, we've got two months of uh, shows in the U S to do. They kick off January 11th in Seattle, wrap up February 25th in Milwaukee. You can see all the dates now uh, that are up on Joe's website, which is joesatriani.com, I believe. Or is it just satriani.com, I think? Either, yeah, just either way, yeah. Satriani.com. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it'll, it, or the website. It, it'll get you where you want to go. So let me ask you about these guys individually. With Petrucci... First of all, Petrucci's rocking a serious beard these days, so you're going to have a lot of facial hair coverage there <laughs> if you haven't seen him in a while. So, so for the visual have, with Petrucci, I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's trimmed it back, but last time I saw him, uh, he he got I got John to play on one of our last episodes of that metal show, and Getty Lee was the guest. And if you could have, oh, wow. you've never seen a more accomplished guitar player like like. Um, John Petrucci, com a complete nervous mess having to play in front of <laughs> Getty Lee on TV. <laughs> he broke out his rush jacket that he had when he was in high school. He hung it up on the stands. It was it was amazing. Wow. But when was the first time you had Petrucci on a G3? Because as you said, you've done a number of them. Wow. Um, I should know these facts, but I, I can't recall the very first time I – I almost want to think it could it have been when uh, when we did was it the, the one with uh, Ingve uh, DVD I don't know I mean so, someone there you've got someone to look that up but because I, I think we've done about six with John and so um, okay uh, um, it it may have been that early back in two thousand three was that it two four two thousand four yeah because um, I have that DVD of the one you did, and I think it was it was you Petrucci and Ingve if I'm not mistaken but it wasn't in America I don't think. No, it was it was uh, it was Steve, John, and myself. Oh, right. And, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I remember one uh, was the the tsunami in in uh, Indonesia, Malaysia. That was two thousand four, turning into five. Was that it, or two five into oh six? Um, that's what I remember because we did that short couple of days in Japan, and then we went off to India uh, to finish the tour. So um, I, think, I don't know if that was the first time we did so. Um, what was the first time? Well, let me make it easier for you. When was the first time that John came on your radar as a guitarist? I, I, obviously, you must have heard Dream Theater or something at some point. Do you remember when you first heard him and discovered him as yeah. a player? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was Jonathan Mover. It uh, uh, must have been the mid-'90s. Um, uh, we were getting ready for to do our very first G3, and you know, it took a very long time to get that thing going, over a year to convince everybody it was a good thing to do and and during that process jonathan mover had a band uh, jonathan mover the drummer who, who was uh part of my touring band for a couple of years um right. he had a band called einstein that was a very progressive rock uh trio i think it was and when we would and it was kind of a surprise to us to Stu and myself when he was telling us about what he was doing and and uh and he's and one of the bands he said they were you know, that were up and coming that were going to like take over the world it was dream theater and we're like dream what you know and um so that's when i first heard about dream theater and and got to know john and his enormous you know musicianship um 
And so, and then we did dates together. I mean, we, it's funny, we've actually played quite a bit together. We did a, uh, a co-headlining tour together with King's X. Uh, wow. When was that? A long time ago. <laughs> no, over 10 yeah. years ago. Um, and, uh, and of course he was the, the perfect, uh, uh, person to invite to G3 because, um, uh, you know, not only the, the crazy playing, but just the fact that he's such a great guy to hang with. He's a real team player. And at the same, same time, he knows how to just take the spotlight and, and improvise and try new things every night. You know, he's got that sense of craziness about him, which is so important to make the G3 work. And as far as Phil Collin is concerned, the reason why I said earlier that I think it's an interesting choice and a very cool choice is because, I mean, I, I do, I love Phil's guitar playing, but people don't necessarily think of Phil Collin as that virtuoso sort of player that they would think of with you or with Vi or with Ingve or, of course, with Petrucci. I think he comes from a you know, little bit of a different place, being in a huge commercially successful rock band. Um, with, but but you obviously wanted that element, and I know you've told me that in the past, that something that you like to do with G3 is to maybe introduce players that, that, that you – uh, you were kind of connected to or liked that maybe people don't think of in that, that sort of light. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting um, little thing about uh, musicianship. And, and uh, there are, as you know, there are players that are known for being totally crazy and outstanding, uh, but maybe you wouldn't want them, uh, you know, in a, in a band that, uh, you know, like ACDC or something like that, you know, that, you depend on for uh, a certain uh, rock attitude and performance. And uh, it's funny, like when Steve and I always talk about how reckless we are, like we will go too far uh, just to see if we can do something. And then we notice other players like, you know, we sit down and we'd be talking about like, uh, like Brian May and we go, you know, Brian is like, it, it always works, whatever he does, you know, Eric Clapton, whatever he plays, it's, it's like it's totally solid. And there are a lot of young players that do the same thing. They just never go out to the edge and say, I'm just going to fall off and see what happens. <laughs> but that's the way Steve and I are. It's, and, and it's a funny thing. So when we get together with people who know how to keep it together, no matter what, you know, and still shine, it, it's, it's a virtuoso quality to us. You know, we recognize it as something that perhaps we should get in on. We should do a little of that now and then, you know. Um, and in a way, I think Steve's done that when he's played with other bands. And, and uh, I suppose I've had to do that with Chickenfoot as well. When, you, when you've got another star in the band, in that case, you know, Sammy Hagar, you can't go too crazy because you are part of a support team. You're not like, like me, the, the, the sort of uh, the instrumental singer, so to speak, you know. So mm. um, that's the way I always thought about players like Phil, I could tell by my ear that the guy is a total virtuoso, but he's holding back because he's in a different kind of a band. But as I said before, when when we got on stage during just a rehearsal uh, at the uh, G4 experience, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, but in a way, I wasn't too surprised because I always knew that, be, you know, behind that, behind the Def Leppard stuff, I knew there was a lot more there. It, there had to be. And, and there it was. He could just like go crazy and shred and, you know, I mean, we, we were up there, me, Tommy Emanuel, and Phil just making stuff up, you know what I mean, in front of an audience and rocking. And Phil's got that ability to to jump off, uh, you know, go right to the edge and jump off like, uh, you know, like I was talking about. But he, he's also got that special something. Uh, maybe it's years, decades of being, you know, uh, in, in a in a super uh, stadium playing rock band. He knows how to keep it together and, and you know what I mean? And still put on a great show, even while he's trying something he's never done before. So, I mean, that's, that's such a difficult thing to encapsulate into a couple of words, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, an yeah. instructional book, like make sure you practice being totally awesome. You know, like, these <laughs> guys. you know, I don't, I don't know how you would practice that. You know, which is, you know, in a way, which is why I thought Phil was so great for the G4 experience because he could sit down and talk to the campers and tell them, you know, the depth of the experience about being in a supergroup. And, yes. you know, from and, the and, size and, of his strength. And by the way, he plays super 
heavy gauge strings, which is just crazy. Uh, and uh, I mean, like mind bending, like 13s or something like that, you know. And uh, but at the same time, he, he can talk about the, the teeny stuff and go all the way up to what it's like to, you know, walk out on that ramp. that's a quarter mile long and then you're in the middle of a stadium that holds, uh, you know, 100,000 people or something. Um, those are experiences that are just golden to pass on to people. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, and the other thing about Phil, and Phil's a good friend as well, but let me tell you, with Phil, backstage, you're going to need a lot of juicers, a lot of organic vegetables, <laughs> And and Joe, if you if you're gonna feel guilty even ha- even having a tortilla chip around this guy, because he, <laughs> he, he he's such a fitness nut, and God bless him for it, man. I've had many conversations with him about that shirt is definitely optional with Phil Collin, but as people t- as I tell people all the time, if I was in the shape that Phil Collin was in and had that sort of discipline. I wouldn't wear a shirt in wintertime, and I live in New Jersey. So the work he puts in, I'd never wear a shirt either. But, my gosh, that guy's in crazy shape. So he's uh, he'll have the juicers going backstage on G3, that's for sure. That's, that's okay with me. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe some of those good habits will rub off. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other thing about Phil is, like you said, great player, great singer as well, and great songwriter. And he's got this band called Delta Deep that he does as well on the side that's more of like a bluesy thing that's really cool. So I was, I was thrilled yeah. when I saw you announce him as part, of, uh, as part of G3 because I think that's going to bring a really cool dynamic to it. Yes, I, I, it's going to be really special this time around. I, I, I think it's quite unique. And uh, especially when you think about what, where everybody has been, let's say, in the last 10 years, the different albums we've all put out and the experiences that we've had, it, that also has a lot to do with, um, you know, mixing up that chemistry um, once we come back, especially John and myself, because we've done this a few times. So we're itching to, you know, push the envelope quite a bit this time around. Hey, um uh, we we have we have to hit a break, but I did want to ask you because you've announced a new record coming too. Do you have a few more minutes for me? Can you hold on? Absolutely, yeah. All right, uh, we'll uh, we'll put Joe on hold then, and then we'll come back and we'll continue uh, for a few more minutes with Joe Satriani talking about an upcoming new album with some really cool players on that as well. And we'll talk to Joe more about that right after this. This, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Who doesn't need a website these days? No matter how big or small you are, everybody needs a website. Well, Bluehost, they're a top-rated website provider, and they're powering over 2 million websites. doesn't matter if you're a blogger, small business owner, Bluehost has everything you need to build the website you always wanted. And Bluehost is the best tool to build, host, and manage your personal or small business website. Bluehost gives you the freedom to design your website your way without being limited by templates. And Bluehost makes hosting your website stress-free so you can get back to what matters most. Simple enough for beginners, powerful enough for even the most advanced users, ultimate flexibility and control, fully customizable templates, third-party app support. We're talking true reliability, folks, with 99.9% uptime guarantee and automated updates, maximum security, including malware monitoring and protection and automatic secure WordPress installs, 24-7 tech support as well, online resources and expert services to help you succeed and save time. Bluehost is the top recommended WordPress host on WordPress.org since 2005. Eddie Trunk listeners, that would be you. Save 50% when you sign up at Bluehost.com. Slash Eddie Trunk. That's Bluehost, B L U E H O S T dot com slash Eddie Trunk, 50% off. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Joe Satriani has been nice enough to give us some time here as he waits for his roof to be replaced in San Francisco. And uh, what what else he got to do better than to talk to me, Joe, while you watch the roofers, right? I mean, what, come on. It's uh, it's crazy. I'm actually on the roof right now. I had to look at the, 
<laughs> it's uh, you know when you have an old house every time they take something off they go oh you better come look at this you know oh yeah it was just had one of those moments which i know is just going to cost me more money so there you go well hey i've yeah. got a little i've got a little studio and i built my i finished off my basement and i've got like a home theater and a studio and my all my cds and stuff and I took over my basement built my my man cave it's maybe like three four months old i walk out of uh the room and uh I've got, you know, look at the ceiling and there's a big bubble of water. I touch it. My finger goes right through the sheetrock. Water starts coming down. Brand new basement. Oh, great. Call the contractor. Oh, I don't know what happened, dude. Well, yeah, get out here and find out. It's, it's uh, never ends. It never ends, man. Yeah. That's what they say. A man's uh, house is his hassle. That's what they say, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, so one other thing on Phil Collin that I wanted to mention before we move on, and that is that uh, you mentioned his this G4 thing, but J- uh, Phil Collin is such a Satriani fan that he actually wrote a song in tribute to you that you actually played on, right? I, and how crazy is that? I, I, was, I was just really touched by that, that his enthusiasm – and that he would sort of encapsulate it into an original piece of music. Yeah, that, that came together so fast, and I was uh, so pleasantly surprised by that. And you can People find can that on Joe's website, right? It's Yo to Joe. That's right. Yo to yeah. Joe, yep. <laughs> Sounds cool. like it could be, it could, could be a good jam on, uh, on G3, too. Maybe you guys, because you, you, you usually all come out together at the end, so who knows, maybe you work we that always, one out. Yeah, we always come out and we try to pick songs that um, aren't too complicated so that we can always have surprise guests just sort of jump on. Because, you know, if you, if you rehearse material that is so complicated and needs rehearsal, then you can never get people just to walk on, you know, so... We try to pick songs that really celebrate the spirit of guitar for the last, you know, 80 years or so. Are you amazed that this whole G3 thing has continued like it has and taken on this sort of, I mean, it's such a destination thing for rock fans and guitar fans. And when you have the idea to do this, are you surprised that it's endured like this? Well, you know, um, what can I say? I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm, but I remember uh, back in 95 when I had the original idea, it was based on uh, solid, uh, you know, emotional evidence, which is I knew that I felt just like my fans did. And I thought, well, if we're the same, me and the fans, then we must want the same thing, which is wh- how come me and all my other guitar playing buddies aren't just on stage doing these shows for people because if I was in the audience, that's what I would want. I'd want to see Phil Collin and John Petrucci and Steve I and everybody else that we've had, uh, you know, uh, on these uh, G3s. So um, I got to make it happen, you know. So um, it's funny, you know, the this documentary that we've been finishing up uh, that is going to be at the Mill Valley Film Festival October 14th, it's got a uh, – in the middle of it, it has um, – a performance with Guthrie Govan and Steve I and myself uh, doing Little Wing from uh, a short G3 run that we did in Europe last year. And uh, it, it always reminds me of the innocence of it and, and how everybody comes on stage and they just sort of drop their guard and they just start acting like kids again. Like they're just so excited about playing guitar and there's that element of danger, you know, like, am I going to really play well enough to stand next to these other guys tonight? And everybody's watching. And uh, there's also that feeling of um, camaraderie that the other guys have got your back. You know, they, no matter what you do, they're going to make you look good. <laughs> and it's all happening in front of the audience. And it's uh, it comes through on the film, you know, just the the love and the joy of playing guitar. And um, so it, it, you know, that reminds me like, this is what you, what I'm like when I'm in the audience going to a show and, and that's why the audience still loves it. So I guess that's a long way of saying I'm not surprised. <laughs> this documentary, is it, it, is this the one that your son did? Yes. Yeah. He, your son did actually one, right? Yeah. He, he came out uh, last year actually with the idea of just capturing some, uh, behind the scenes stuff that we thought was going to be part of a concert DVD. But as the tour went on, we started to think like, who wants to do a concert DVD? <laughs> Cause I've done a lot of those. And, and most of them always have, you know, half catalog songs and a couple of new ones. And, and so I, I wasn't really thinking I wanted to repeat it again. So 
I sat down was easy. And I said, well, what if we did something else? Like, what can we do? And we sort of brainstormed, uh, you know, what we thought would be the most unusual kind of documentary that hadn't been done uh, for somebody like myself, a musician, which is this, you know, end of a cycle of a tours campaign uh, behind a new record, you go around the world. And as you come to the end, you're inevitably involved in setting up the next project. And someone like myself, I'm itching to change direction. I'm, I'm looking to do something different, uh, you know, play a different guitar, record in a different room, use a different band, write completely different songs about different subjects, you know. And uh, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's emotionally sort of, it's gut-wrenching in a way. And you feel kind of lost, but it's exciting because you realize the, that it's an interesting artistic journey that you're, you know, you're uh, putting on yourself. And a lot happens. And then every night, you know, while this is going on in your soul, you step out on stage and you get to celebrate which in this case was the 30-year anniversary tour, you know, for we were doing this Surfing with the Aliens and Shockwave Supernova tour. And, um, and, and so ZZ started to capture all this interesting sort of internal drama about that and did extensive interviews with me and then, and then sort of condensed it and came back with a script that said, this is what I pulled from all of your interviews that, you know, really supports this thing that you go through um, and it's so important now because the last record was about me recognizing a kind of alter ego that I felt I needed to shed uh, or to uh, acknowledge and, and sort of become one with. Um, and it's it's very hard. I've, you know, this is the first time I've had to explain it to somebody. <laughs> but um, what he's actually created is a very powerful and, and unique uh documentary about what an artist goes through uh, towards the end of a tour and looking forward to some new stuff. And it's got, you know, obviously live uh, performances uh, like the ones I mentioned with, with Steve I and, and Guthrie Govan and, and the band, of course, with Brian Bellard, Mike Keneally and Marco Miniman. And, um, uh, but the traveling and, the, and all that goes into it, it's quite unique. And uh, ZZ's got a, a film style. It's also very intense. So, um, I'm really happy. We're actually um, this week we're finishing it up at Skywalker Sound, so I know we're in good hands uh, at George Lucas's place. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. When will people be able to see this doc? It um, debuts at the Mill Valley Film Festival on October 14th. Uh, Mill Valley up here in, in uh, Northern California, um, and then we do actually a small show. There's a little club in Mill Valley called Sweetwater, holds a few hundred people. And we're going to do um, a, a show just to sort of celebrate the film. Um, and then after that, we, you know, we start marketing the film from there. But uh, that'll be the first place it will debut. Look forward to seeing that. Before the, I ask you about the next record, we'll get to one, one other thing I thought about with G3. Of all the guitar players that you've had on G3 th since you've done it, is there one guy that stands out as the guy that kind of surprised you the most that, that maybe, you know, brought it in a way that you didn't expect or that you knew was a great player, but really wasn't what you, you know, was a whole different level than you thought when you got to know him and tour with him. Was there, was there one guy that just kind of took you by surprise for one reason or another? Oh, um, that's a great question. I, th I think it might be, um, Willie John Roth because, um, it's funny. I, I learned about Willie kind of late, I think, uh, like post scorpions, uh, through one of my students, a really great guitarist named Danny Gill, and uh, I was I was just shocked that there was this guy named Uli John Roth that played the way that he did. And um, he actually got he was the I was influenced by Uli's solo records to get back into using a wah wah pedal, which ultimately led to Surfing with the Aliens. So um, we had Uli on a G3 tour back in '98, I think it was, and. Um, he totally blew me away because I didn't know exactly what, what he was going to be like uh, as a, as a touring uh, partner, you know what I mean? I knew what his guitar sound was like, which was awesome. And his playing was just incredible virtuoso, but I didn't know what the stage show was going to be like. And if he, you know, night after night could walk up and play with me and Michael Shanker. And, and, uh, but he turned out to be such a supreme musician 
I can't tell you like how many times I tried to fake him out just because I knew he loved it. And he just could play anything I played faster, higher, lower, reinterpreted, you know, in any way. It was so much fun. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny you asked the question because he's going to be joining us when the G3 tour continues in Europe. Uh, and I'm saying this out loud and I realize, I wonder if my manager told me not to tell anybody, like <laughs> I just told you. So, um, but yeah, so he, he, uh, I believe he's going to be joining, uh, uh, John Petrucci and myself for the continuation of G3 in Europe, um, in, uh, early spring. Yeah, Uli is a is a monster. You know, interestingly enough, Uli is a guy that is a huge influence on a guy you taught, Kirk Hammett. Because when I I the first time Kirk I had Kirk on that metal show was because I booked Uli and he just was so geeked out that he was sitting next to Uli John Roth. And the second time was because I booked Michael Schenker in the same scenario. So you mentioned those guys in the same sentence, and I immediately I think of Kirk because he absolutely worshipped that. Kirk and I are bonded. Our bond is is over our love of those two artists and the music they made. So yeah, yeah, uh, great Uli stuff. Is, wow, he's really something. He's it's, he's really. I'm really looking forward to that too. It's it's an incredible way to start a year to have these two G3 tours back to back. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to throw a guy out to you real quick that I think would be amazing on a future G3 and that's John five. Have you ever seen John do his solo thing? I don't think I've ever seen John uh, do, do a solo tour thing. Oh, he has a band. He has a band called the, yeah, he has a band called The Creatures. I mean, he, it's it's mind-blowing. And we've had John play on that metal show more than any other guitar player because he's so brilliant and so visual. And, I mean, he for so many different styles. I mean, he will blow your mind. So I'll, I'll put that one in your ear for the next time because he is simply amazing. Yes, he, he has come up, and I think we actually – uh asked him a few times but it, like i said scheduling is yeah. always crazy with this thing because well, well john's a, a professional he's out there working all the time so getting two other guys to come in just when you have a window of opportunity that's right uh it's it's really something but yeah john's pretty amazing huh? i mean there's nobody quite like him out there yeah you, um, when you when you get a chance to definitely check out some of the stuff he does on his own because it, it it's crazy he's done some records as well that are just blow people's minds hey um i don't want to let you go without asking you about a new record that you've done you know last weekend i was at a festival in san diego and i spent some time with chad smith and he said to me yeah me and glenn were on the new uh Satriani record and i was like really and he said I said, that's amazing. I said, that sounds like a killer, killer band. And, uh, of course, it's been announced that what happens next is your new record coming out January 12th. And the rhythm section is Glenn Hughes and Chad Smith. So, obviously, you play with Chad in, uh, in, in Chickenfoot. But where did, the, uh, where did Glenn come into it? You know, um, just before he put out his last solo record, uh, which is mind-blowingly amazing, uh, I had it in my mind that uh, he would be a great bass player. But I thought this is like, I just thought it was a crazy thing to think of because maybe the first thing that popped into my head was why would he ever say yes to just play bass on an album, you know, because he's just this incredible singer, you know? And so, but I, it was sort of a circulating in my head as I was doing the tour and I was thinking, yeah, that would be so cool. Cause then if he did that, you know, I could do this. And, and then Chad's, you know, sort of drumming popped into my head. And then I realized, you know, they've played a lot together. They've recorded together. I wonder if they'd be willing to, you know, be the rhythm section, you know, for an all instrumental record. So, uh, you know, it's, I innocently send out these invitations. And so that's basically what happened. I just, I sent out the invitation and just waited to see what was going to happen. But I got immediate response from both of them that they were totally into it. And uh, it was just, once again, the scheduling was crazy. And that's why we finished it so early, because I was really working around the schedule of the Chili Peppers and Black Country Communion and trying to figure out when I could get like 10 days, you know. Uh, And it wound up being 10 days, but I had to go to L.A. to do it. Um, But, man, being uh, at Sunset Sound with those two guys in the room, that was so cool. I really got what I was looking for, which was uh, a real celebration of rock and 
soul and groove uh, because I really wanted to sort of move uh, forward from uh, progressive elements, from, you know, jazz or fusion, other elements or production that I've been sort of working with the last number of records. And uh, I I thought, you know, I just, I want to make it more focused, uh, more physical, more, you know, guitar player, two feet on the ground, sort of playing and writing about, human things you know not science fiction <laughs> and and uh, crazy alter egos and all sorts of stuff like that and um i couldn't have picked a better rhythm section they were just absolutely amazing and they wound up being you know like when you got just three guys on a recording everybody's the star you know and that that's mm. what i got and i'm so happy and records very diverse uh but i think the lead track is is probably the perfect one because it represents the energy of the three of us at that moment when we were down there at sunset sound yeah the record will come out on january 12th i'm really looking forward to it because both glenn's glenn i know so well and he's you know him just playing did you did you get the uh, did you get the thought of thinking maybe one maybe one song you'd have him open that that mouth of his and put those, those incre- some incredible vocals on one? Or did you say, no, I want to keep this purely instrumental? Because Glenn's, Glenn is a freak at how well he can still sing after all these years. But you, you don't have him singing at all, right? It's all instrumental? That's right, yeah. Uh, that was really hard. I mean, it was really hard. But it would have it would have switched our focus. And, you know, making the instrumental records the way I like to make them, it requires an intense amount of focus. It's not like it's not like music without singing, you know what I mean? It's very right. purposely played and arranged instrumental music. So you've you got to get singing out of your mind, you know. But I have to say, I'll, let me tell you something that's really funny. When uh, it, it's, it's customary, you know, when you're doing live basic tracks that you get like 90% of everything you want. And then um, after the drummer leaves, you know, the, the bass player, keyboard player, whatever, guitarist, they hang out and they, they drop in to add little things. So, we had Glenn for about a day or two where we just went over all the bass tracks to make sure there wasn't something he didn't like that he wanted to try something different on. And, and, you know, um, as you said, his freakish vocals, right? So he's sitting there like while they're just reviewing something and he's singing, improvising with his voice over these instrumental tracks and everything is beautiful and golden. And so I'm, I'm jotting this stuff down, right? And he doesn't know that. I'm just sort of writing down musically everything that I hear him scatting. And then when we get to the end of a song, I say, hey, Glenn, one second, you know, I heard you singing this, you know, do, 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 that thing, you know, right there. I said, could you play that? And and he just totally blew my mind because whatever he sang, he could play it. And it sounded kind of like his voice. And I'd say, what would you think about playing that right there? And he'd go, oh, yeah. And, And so I got him to sort of play in certain places, his vocalizing, <laughs> you can imagine that to, yeah. to get more, you know, to get more Glenn Hughes uh, on the song. And it is really great. I mean, his personality, as you know, is so huge and he's so naturally musical that you, you don't want to put a lid on it. You know, you, you want to expose it to the world. You know, you want everybody to hear it. Um, yeah, and you know Kevin Shirley, who produces the Black Country records with Glenn, told me something once, and and I read, and it's very true. He said, you know, Glenn Hughes is an amazing bass player. He said, but because he's blessed with this unbelievable voice, everyone immediately talks about his voice. He goes, but in a way, it it, it overshadows his bass playing, which is equally as amazing. And I thought that was yeah, a really interesting yeah. point. So when I heard that he was playing and just playing on your record, I'm like. Well, that that's going to be kind of cool, actually, in a way, because it'll finally be able to showcase him purely as a player. Because when you hear Glenn, as great as his playing is, you immediately just go to that voice. Yes, yeah, no, he is his bass playing is it's just crazy good, and uh, it's it's unique. It's got that quality of of uh, you know, uh, like what Jack Bruce had, where you you go, this is you know, not only is it doing its job, it's doing way more than that. It's, it's creating another dimension, um, uh, that, that it's, that's, that's so perfect with the melody and the rhythm and whatever, whatever else is going on. He just has that, uh, that quality, that musicianship, that natural, uh, brilliance, I think, to always find a unique voice in every song, you know, and, um, He's got that crazy sound. I mean, we just, you know, 
it was it was so much fun it was so different you know to uh to play with somebody like that and and i found myself constantly making room for it you know just saying that's so good i'm just gonna you know leave a guitar part off so i can hear more of that you know <laughs> yeah yeah joe last thing and i won't hold you any longer i appreciate the time uh our boy mr hagar hitting the big 70 soon and uh i was talking to chad about it last weekend the, the big party is coming up and all that. Um, will you be able to attend? Cause Chad was telling me he thinks he's going to be on the road and he can't get there. But uh, I don't know if you, if you're going to get down there or not. And also last time we talked, you know, you were pushing, I know you did the one new chicken foot song, but you were pushing, you were telling me get in Sammy's ear and tell him we got to do. <laughs> so is there any movement as far as doing more with chicken foot or, you know, obviously schedules are an issue, but are you guys uh, having any talks about anything? Uh, well, you know, first thing is that um, I already broke the bad news to him that I couldn't make it down there because the the documentary Beyond the Supernova debuts at the film festival the day after his birthday. So um, I, I can't right. be down in Cabo and up here at the same time. And, um, yeah, he responded with a very set of gruff looking emojis. <laughs> I <told him. laughs> but then called back to say, ah, don't worry about it. But um he also said, now, I've, I have to thank you because you must have done something because right before, a couple of weeks ago, when we were heading down to South America for a one-off, uh, I got a call just as I was getting in the car to go to the airport, and it's Sam saying, I just want to let you know, you know, t- 2018, all, I'm dedicating it all to Chickenfoot. It totally blew my mind, and I had no idea what Whoa. to do with that piece of information because I said, you know, Sam, I'm doing a record and a tour. And a <laughs> I got and plans like, too. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, I have a feeling Chad's going to go on a long vacation cause he's just getting off a two and a half year tour or something. So, right. um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, I'm, I'm sad that I'm missing the big 70 bash, but, to tell you the truth, every time you're around Sammy, it's a celebration. So you yeah, it is. Where you left off. <laughs> he has that zest for life that's really infectious and, and wonderfully catchy, you know. So, um, but I'm sure we'll be uh, getting together at some point next year. I, I told him, look, I, this, you know, I'm working uh, because we rehearse for the tour at his studio, so he knows all about my schedule. Um, but I said, you know, I'll, you know, if I have a day off, I'm there. Uh, working in the studio with you so i'm i'm feeling very positive about that and i'm and i'm just deciding right now that you have something to do with it so thank you <laughs> all right well i'll take that i'll take that and run with it uh joe thank you so much man for all the time it's always great to catch up with you we remind everybody again joe's new album with chad smith and glenn hughes on it comes out january 12th it's called what happens next so we got that to look forward to and g3 with john petrucci and phil collin kicks off in Seattle on January 11th, running through February 25th, where it wraps in Milwaukee. You can go to satriani.com for more information on all of this. And again, you've got the documentary, which I really look forward to seeing. I love anything music-related in the documentary world, so I can't wait to see that. And when when you put that out on, uh, on Blu-ray or whatever the case may be, you want to come back on and talk more about it after I get a chance to see it. My door's always open. Always love to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you today. You too, Joe. Take care, all right? Good luck with your roof. Thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right, man. Take care. Well, my thanks to Joe Satriani for joining me. Hope that work goes well on his house. And uh, much appreciated. Always good talking to Joe. Great guy. Great conversation. After that interview happened, Joe and I exchanged some emails. And uh, he said to me, Sammy Hagar was listening to the entire interview and was texting him. And I said, well, Sammy should have called in. <laughs> Sammy's always out there keeping an eye on what's going on. So cool to talk to Satch. And uh, thank you guys. I appreciate everybody checking out the Eddie Trunk podcast. New episodes every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. Don't forget, be sure to check out my Amazon store, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Handpicked items by me of stuff that may be of interest to you. And then go ahead and do the rest of your shopping from that page once you have a chance at some of the stuff Checking out some of the stuff, I should say, on my storefront. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode, podcastone.com, and, of course, iTunes.
Oh, brother. The reason it's called the NFL, not for long. It's sports-related with Jordan and Luke Rogers. The Chargers football is not going to work in Los Angeles. I got hit by a car on my scooter eight days before our first game of my senior year. I was out there playing. No rib strain's going to keep me out. JoJo, what is the last book that Jordan read? I think he just likes to read Twitter articles. Download new episodes of Sports Related every Friday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.